welcome to the next episode of Splitting Cases. It has come to my attention that a friend of mine, Rob, Rob has... Or Bob? Rob or Bob? Rob or Bob? Either. Interchangeable. Oh. I quite like that sentence. Rob or Bob? <laughs> Rob or Bob? Bob, 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 Bob. Raggy? <laughs> Perfect start. Perfect start. Um, it's come to my attention that my friend Rob or Bob um, has a weird thing for, you know, like, odd sorts of books but we'll get we'll get onto that in a minute i'll let him introduce himself pointy has recently had a baby i have um so we're not quite splitting a case tonight as i have responsibilities <laughs> but uh, we're, responsible having, we're having a couple now. of beers though we are we're not selling out and we'll be soaking it up with some pizza brought home by nothing cutesy at some point yeah that means i can have an extra two beers right if i have the pizza i would think There's that like i would think this out. yeah as someone that has their responsible service of alcohol License certificate, you're in the clear. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, right. The baby will be kept alive tonight. <laughs> also, you don't have to breastfeed the baby, so that's okay. That's true. That mm. would be that's a horrifying picture. Yeah, it is a horrifying picture. Yeah, it's all like hairy and non-boob like. Wow, <laughs> that is that descended. Quickly. Speaking um, of hairy and non-boob, I've like... said it already, and I'll say it again. Perfect start. Perfect start. <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself, Rubber Bob? I, I will. Um, yes, I'm Rob Bob, as I have been so christened tonight. Um, <laughs> His name is Rob. I'm just. What do, what do I say in situations like this? How do I? I, I haven't really ever had to introduce slate. myself completely. Tell me what your subject is. I think is a big thing to say. Well, the subject is okay. It's come to my attention um, in this world of literary delights of ebooks and Kindles and various things like that. <laughs> sounds so. Sounds so like. Vindictive about them. e-books Look, and Kindles. There is, there is and nothing more. like the smell of a freshly uh, Well, is it a coincidence book? that e-book, evil, e... I don't know. Evil. You are onto something. Look, yeah. the thing is, lots of, um, you know, on a daily basis, I'm sure, I don't have any fact to back this up, but uh, novels are printed around the world. Stories are written, imagination brushes are cast across pages. And people are delighted by novels and fiction and characters and places and worlds that aren't actually real. They're the figment of their author's imagination. I feel like you could be one of those people at the front of like a bus tour of like <laughs> literary locations. <laughs> like you got the intro down. Look, don't roll it out, but I'll put you on my CV. Um, I'm not one of those people that like... Well, look, I, I, I won't say I don't like fiction. I've just got... A challenge that has plagued me since finishing high school, and that is, I tend not to finish novels, hmm. fiction novels. Yeah, yeah. And it's Why? not because I don't like them. It's not because I'm against them. It's not because I. Well, look. Do you lose in, interest? That's pretty much it. Pretty much it. And I think I've got a very short attention span in that regard. Have and you tried reading three at once? Look, because that's often what I find myself doing. And sometimes I, it makes it more interesting because all of a sudden one book weaves its way into another book and you're like, oh, hang on. It, it is <laughs> odd because I, I often, I mean, even at the moment, I've got a few books on the go. Not necessarily fiction books, actually. I think one or two are the rest of non-fiction books. But um, Don't tell I, tend to, books. I tend to put them down. And, um, you know, if I... The thing is, I need to be reading a novel consist like every night, basically. Yeah, yeah. I need to do it. If I miss a night, then it's a downward spiral and I tend not to, you know... It's enough to break the chain. It's enough to break it. But hold on, like, how long would it take you to read a novel? Like, oh, quite a while. You, yeah, I'm quite a slow reader. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. I feel like I need to read every word on the page, like really read it yeah. to absorb it. 
My wife like eats the book with her eyes. You like, you know, she like almost absorbs it into her face. I've like, heard that. That quick she I've reads. Heard, I've heard it, and you know, I've seen other people that, you know, you show them something to read, and it feels like they just glanced at it. Yeah. But they've absorbed it. Mm. I'm not one of those people. I I need to read every single word, and I don't think it's necessarily an indication of my intellect. It's just that I need to absorb it to then get it. Mm. Yeah, I feel um, like I fall somewhere in between those mm. two extremes. Uh, depending on the book, I do go to the uh, nothing cutesy style and just uh, yeah. scan it. Mm. But I, I think there's certainly something to be said for you know easing yourself back and taking yeah. it slowly and actually enjoying it. Look, and I guess the leading to the crescendo that is my topic tonight. Ba, 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 ba. These these novels, you know, if I I just. I tend to go for non-fiction books Hmm. and I've got a little bit of a habit of continually looking for the next non-fiction book I want to get. And these are, these books range in topics from from sport. It's an interest of mine. So sport books to books on movies. Um, Outside of like, Sports books being mm. your interest. Are you interested in sport in general? Like you like following sport? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. It Spec- would be a very it would, it would be odd to be into sport books, but I was, not sports. I was yeah. really kind of hoping he would be. It's like I love to read about sport, but I, I hate to watch it. Well, there is one sports book that's done that for me because I think my um, disinterest in sports is well documented. Yeah, what but, like uh, Fever Pitch? Fever Pitch. Yeah, yeah I knew it would yeah. be Fever Pitch. Yeah, of course it would be. And what other sports book would you have read if it wasn't written by Nick Hornby? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to yeah. put my hand up. I haven't read that book. Have you read any Nick Hornby? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to Fever Pitch then. We will come back. To I really that. do think that someone like I'm just maybe it's a challenge for a listener, but you know someone needs to pick Nick Hornby. I like the thing with this podcast, Rob Bob Bob, is that. People pick the topic that they're passionate about, but I have a secret list in my phone <laughs> of things I was hoping people would pick. You know, all my favourite things I'm yeah. hoping people will pick. Because being on this side of things, unless it's just me and Pointy speaking about shit we love, which we do anyway, you know, it's mostly other people's people. Yeah. Look, it's... What I'm talking about is... It's more an observation that I've come, and a realisation that I've come to that... I tend to be on the lookout for non-fiction books and I'm not usually in the market for novels and yeah. they're weird random books as well like like very odd topics that people that come to my house and look through my bookshelf they're like why do you have a book on skyscrapers or why do you have a book on basket weaving not not yet but <laughs> flower pressing I've added that <laughs> uh, I'll add basket weaving, basket weaving to the to the list but that was a sweet little callback to something we didn't record. No. <laughs> no. You'll just have to wonder. No. Now, no, yes. hold on. Yes. Is it because you like, you know, it's almost like a reading of the newspaper, you like learning something from it? Or I is it because, so. yeah. like, it interests you? Yeah. I don't know. It's a bit, it's of, one and the bit same. of both. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has to it has to interest me. You know, you're not going to find me flipping through a non-fiction book about economics because doesn't interest me yeah no but you might find me flipping through a book about how a particular movie was made like as in point I have a couple of books actually on how the Harry Potter movie series were made yeah and that stuff I just absorb I love it because it's just like a glimpse what is into... it what is it that absorbs you about that is it like is it like the little tidbits and facts is it the pictures yeah the... It, they often need to have really good photos and yeah. pictures because um, in the later movies Hermione's, you know, quite a looker. Oh, very much so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, need, need good pictures yeah. and and just yeah, interesting interesting info about it. So, so do you think it's because uh, 
if you are sort of a slower eater that wants to digest things over a longer period of time, yeah, is it easier to just pick back up if it's a I piece so. of non-fiction? Yeah. Because you don't really need to remember where you yep. are in the narrative. You know, but I think so. And as well, because this, you... these pages in the books are about this. Yeah, okay. and, and well. you don't necessarily have to read it sequentially as well, I find. You know, well, often... one of the books that I've got there, which is sort of relates to your Harry Potter one, is sort of, there's an Art of Pixar book, and I've got an Art of Cars, an Art of Cars 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that, you know, you can watch Cars, but it's it shows and talks through storyboarding so you've got like a book of all the storyboards for yeah. the movies of Pixar and that kind of thing and they're all so uniquely different and concept drawings mm. and like yeah things like that fascinate me just how um, how you know everyone kind of you know has probably seen the movies and you know know where the final product is but there's something about deconstructing it and and seeing how it was put together yeah I think as well that's just one example you know like, like uh, you know, sport books or you know whatever it is I'm not necessarily a biography fan mm. it's got to be a really good biography to um, to keep me going Speak, sorry I'm keep going back to Harry Potter which yeah. somebody needs another subject I want somebody to pick but um, I like the photos that you see of uh, scenes you know really well but on green screen yes it's like um, like Harry and Hagrid in the bike and sidecar mm. against full green screen mm. instead of flying over London, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just this odd perspective thing. And some people wouldn't like that. Mm. Some people would think that that ruins the magic or, like you it. know, it just kind of shatters the illusion that was on the silver screen. But for me, know. it's is kind that, of... Is that even a valid... It's like, what, so you thought this was real? You thought the Muppets <laughs> were Muppets. Yeah, no, I, th- I know. I do, I do think people, some people out there just want to take it for what it is, like the movie. They, they just take it... Uh, I think, what they say. I, I feel like I'm arguing to defend your point that you're making anyway. Yes. But but it's kind of like knowing all that background makes the scene even better because you're then like, I'd rather know what made it because then I'm even more impressed. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I I like to know how they make it just out of interest, not necessarily because it makes me more impressed. Oh, cause um, yeah, I suppose it does, but um, no, but it's, it's, but it's not like I go searching anything, for it. Yeah, know, it's not like, like I go searching for it to blow my mind further or push me to a new level of yeah. Wow, yeah, but um, yeah, so it's it's a. I, I haven't really met any other people that that prefer non-fiction over fiction books as much as probably I do. Some of the weirdest ones you've found, like, is it that you, is it that you, like, kind of go, ooh, there's a book on the Peruvian rainforest green frog? Like, or is it that you, you know, like, what's some of the ones that have caught your eye? Where do I start? Where do I start? I've got a bit of an, uh, I've got a bit of an interest in um, architecture, and particularly okay. sports architecture. So like stadiums, how okay. stadiums are designed and built, and that kind of thing. I'm probably quite a visual person, so that's mm. that's why. But again, yeah, that that sort of stuff just fascinates me. There is something about the feeling of a stadium, though, that's kind of cool to be in. Mm. When I went up to Brisbane recently. I went to Gabba and Lang Park, and like Lang Park is sort of. You know, like lengthy and rectangular, and Gabber is like fully round, yeah. and it's different structure, and it's just the theatre of it all. I think. Yeah. Like you see those big sports events, like you know, State of Origin, and at the at the MCG, it's just it's, it's just huge. a spectacle. It's yeah. just a it's like real life theatre, and yeah. there's something about it that um, I think it goes back to actually when I went to the Olympics in Sydney, the um, seeing the Olympic Stadium I went to the athletics for a day mm. and just being in in a venue like that was really 
like it just blows your mind. I think just the scale the scope of it, of it yeah. and how many people can go in there. Like a whole town in regional Australia could fit in one place. You know, it's quite. Please do tell. Blows your mind. What have you? No, discovered? no, no. It's really sorry. I was just. Oh, say it. This is going to be gold. No. Say it. It's, it's nothing because it does not, it's not even funny. Say it. Hit it's it. not even funny. Hit it. Rob brought around like a pile of books, like an inter- interesting like books that like prove his point or good examples. And I just picked up the top one, which fits perfectly. It's the architecture of the London 2012 Olympics, which is perfect with what we're talking about. Great book. But I couldn't help but laugh at the, the, the first author's surname. Tom Dickoff. <laughs> I just hadn't even noticed that. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but look at look at that cover. It's a it's an aerial photo of the London Olympic Stadium. And I guess this, this is where this is where you and I differ. I'll see the picture and go, "Wow, that's You're like, really cool." Dick off. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but you I, would have bought the I book based solely on the name. <laughs> I will look at that and I will stare at potentially stare at that photo for a very for a, long time, analyzing yeah. all the little bits of the design, all the little bits of how that came to be. Although, although for a book about architecture and design that font is horrible <laughs> I believe that was the official Olympics font oh, it's horrible who comes up with an official Olympics, Olympics font the Olympic Committee hey there. everybody this is what we're going to use yeah wow yeah, all part of the design process have a flip through uh, some of my favourite parts are the schematics I think is the technical term um, the cross sections the um, the plan views of these designs of these sports venues and the thing is you might see it as just another athletic stadium or another velodrome or whatever but the <laughs> thing is they're all different and they're all really interesting to look at mm. I mean this one looks like a cake but um no, they're all really yeah. interestingly designed. And... and when I look at them, I kind of just imagine being there in a way. Yeah. Like you see it and you're like, what would that be like? You know, It's like that, the excitement of that live theatre. Mm, mm. Because the Colosseum's there, you know, they're, they're th- like that. Look at that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a plan view of the, um, is that the velodrome or one of the stadiums? Yeah, I think it's the velodrome. Yeah. Um, but I look at that and I go, hmm... If I'm buying tickets to the Stones, where that's do I want to sit? That's what I was just sit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that just a seating map? Let's sit there. <laughs> it's like, okay, so this is like, you know, your gold seating section and your yeah. gold side seating section, and then you've got your silver and you've got your bronze around the back. Like, I can't help but think of it in... Well, I suppose it's to your point, you know, mm. you imagine being there. Mm. I can't help but think, okay, I'm going to sit here. Mm. You know, and I also think how I'd make it different. And I mean, I'm, how you I'm, mean? I am no qualified architect at all. If I was SimCity God. Um, I do like to imagine how, I suppose, following on from imagining what, what it's like to be there, how you could make it different or bigger or better or smaller or what the needs are. It's a bit of an odd odd interest, but it's just well, no, one of you, the non-fiction. And, and I'll go look at... No, hold on. Do you think of it like... You'd like to make it better in the way of like I'd like to add a giant clown face to the front, no. or like would you like to like structurally it needs a bit more of this. I would or say you, could fit more you need to in. make a bigger grandstand at this end that would yeah. fit an extra twenty five thousand people. And how good would the atmosphere be then? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. As I say, I don't no. know if I would have put the toilets there. It's not in a good spot. <laughs> oh my god, I would tell you that about so many stadiums. I mean, I, I'm no architect, but I've often thought maybe if I wasn't doing the job that I am doing, architecture would probably be my second choice but yeah um just because i don't know they just it just fascinates me well that makes sense i mean if it is something you're interested in mm. then like of course that's something that's probably yeah, worth yeah. pursuing if there was a need to yeah you must exactly. love those um timelines of how like 
stadiums fill up for rock or sports gigs, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it, it almost like, you know, you have the timelines for setting up the stage and the rig yes. and all that kind of stuff. Yep. It's super interesting. Venues that are multi-purpose as well interest me. Like, say, for example, the Olympic Stadium in Sydney, that can be oval shape and rectangular shape based on them moving the seats backwards and forwards and yeah. you know, how they how it goes from being one thing one day to then being another thing a few days later. So I'll go looking for books like that. Unfortunately, there aren't that many books on the market, so that's a yeah, a bit of a rare thing. Where you do can, you look for these books? Um, mainly online. I, I tend to find bookshops don't really stock them. I think it's a bit too much of a specialty. Oh, I reckon secondhand bookshops would be a place to be. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon you'd pick up heaps up. of like weird non-fiction books. That... Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah. The, the the non-chain bookshops are often really good just for general kind of non-fiction books. Um, stadium ones, yeah, mainly online textbook kind of manufacturers. I, t- I do go out of my way looking for them. eBay sometimes. But as well, the thing is they tend to be more expensive than just your usual run-of-the-mill non-fiction because often... the high-quality photos and whatnot. Yeah, probably. but I think as well because they're mainly textbooks as well, usually. Um, because they, you know, if at uni, textbooks are often are quite a big expense. And for architecture students or whatnot, they, um, yeah, they're, they're expensive. But they're fascinating at the same time. Mm. But not for everyone. But that's just one example of the non-fiction no, books. I will pick. Like I could pick that up at any any day and be. That could be a top-notch evening. In if you had to said like through a book like that. If you had to said, oh, you know, do you want to read through this? You know, book of stadiums from the and grounds from the London Olympics. I'd be like, eh, yeah, yeah. So, but it's it's interesting. So when you settle in for a, a night with a non-fiction book, yeah, do you pair your books with a drink of choice? Based on the type of book. so, if you're reading an architecturally oh, yes. sound bottle of yeah. wine, so if you're drinking a, you're you're uh, reading a book about the stadium, you're like, oh well, I really want to get into the atmosphere of what it would be like. So you pour like a beer into a plastic cup, <laughs> and you're sitting on your lounge drinking. Look, it. not to that extent, and to be well, not even at all. But I maybe really now, but now, but maybe look, now, I've got the next you book. Invite, like, is a photography book and book. drink pairing. It's it's Truly. a new thing. Hold on, if we're going that far, we can invite other people around to our house to line up at the bar room so you can <laughs> to go make my book we'll, reading a night in we'll is close the bathroom and put a portal out the front <laughs> as inconvenient as possible yeah no i hadn't thought of that but i mean i've got another book that is a uh, photography book so i might settle in for a nice, yeah go for it might settle in with a nice glass of red wine perhaps, yeah yeah to you know, be more upper class whoa, 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 yes hold a on bit, uh, this photography book is like the Humans of New York book. It is. Humans of New York is an online web thing. People are interested in this. Very much so, This yeah. is not just a you thing. This is like book no, form yeah, of yeah, people yeah. share all the time online. Yes, yes. So Humans of New York, it's a, I think it's started as a Facebook page, but I think it's... Or maybe one or the other. It started as a Facebook page and then went to a website. Basically, a photographer in New York that wanders around and takes photos of randoms and asks them a question or two about their life and they often give really insightful anecdotes or quotes or stories from their lives and this book in particular is just a collection of um of those photos that he's taken and not everyone has a little bit about the people in them but um but most of them do and yeah fascinating people because new york i mean haven't been there would love to but it's just from what i hear and what this book demonstrates it's just a patchwork of people and patchwork of humanity and um you know just really points to the fact that we're not all the same or no one's the same but I'm, um, I'm always quite jealous um, of professional photographers how they can capture 
a moment like or even think to capture that moment yeah. to know that it's a moment to catch yeah and as well like I, I do a bit of photography as well it's hard it is hard going up to people and asking them to take a photo you to take their photo you have to be quite a um confident person to go up there quite personable as well i think to be able to convince these people that you aren't a creep and you're not just gonna you know take their photo and keep it for later but it's it's tricky it's tricky asking building that trust and that rapport and posing people and also a lot of some of these photos aren't posed they're just fly in the wall moments it's kind of um very like voyeuristic just in in a way yeah like, like not necessarily in a creepy way yeah. but just like this is a viewpoint into lots of different people's yeah. lives i think it's it's just documenting what we do on a daily basis if we are um you know walking down the street or sitting on a park bench your eyes see these moments and people but you don't necessarily uh, register it in your mind but what this book and this photographer has have done is exactly that just um freezing the moments Hold on though. Okay, so this is like Humans of New York and it, it started off as a Facebook thing, then a website, and now it's a book that you found and you flicked through. Mm. And you're like, ooh, people, people's lives. Could there feasibly be a Humans of Newcastle? Of course there could. Yeah, yeah. Of course there could. Would it be as interesting? Yes. I think there's is some it... shady characters and some interesting characters in Newcastle. Is it that they're from New York that we find it interesting? Or is it just that we have an inherent fascination with people? I think it helps they're from New York. Well, but I guess again, it's I'm a larger population base, so I guess the chances of finding something interesting increases. Taylor Swift moved to New York. Did she? She sang a song called Welcome to New York. Yeah. Welcome well, maybe, to New why York. Why isn't she in the book? Welcome to New York. I don't know, maybe because, I don't know, she's harder to access. True, or, you know, her photo has been everywhere already. We've seen her photo. Talk to the hand. I think, yeah, definitely there could be a Humans of Newcastle book. Yeah. Why not? This is something we could think of. We could do this. So, okay, so if you like that kind of book, yeah. my dad loves the, like, Newcastle history books. Are you kind of the same, where you're, like, seeing Newcastle, like, at different times through history? Um, not so much that. Not so much I that? I do like history, yeah. but, yeah, not so much. So you not don't so read, like, war history? No. Though, don't no. you have, like, some kind of weird government throughout time? I do, book? I do, I do. Like, what I... No, it's a, well, it's a textbook. Yeah, that I picked up at a like a charity book sale yeah. kind of thing. It's an old textbook from a high school I found out, and it details every government in the world, every each country's government. What year government. is it from? Oh, like a couple of years ago. So, okay. so is it about like, um, like events of a country's history? Saying like, you know, it was governed by this type of government. Uh, it was a monarchy, and then it moved to a yeah, democracy. Yeah, yeah. Or is it just about these are the different types of governments? Yeah. In the world? So, so um, you know, it details you know communist governments, democratic governments, um, yeah, monarchies, bit of yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what each country is governed by basically goes through details of you know their some of the uh, key Pros moments and cons. in their in their <laughs> history. Yeah. Um, what else does it have? I haven't looked at that book in a while, so I'm a bit... Uh, bit scratchy, rusty. Bit I suppose it's not really one you need to refer to a lot. No, but I, I get in... Um, Look, Santa's in this book. I'm really. a, you know, I get in a mood Santa. where I might want to watch it. Read it. Yeah. What sort of drink would you pair that one Ooh. with? I think... I think vodka. 
vodka. Just vodka shots. Going for like a communist yeah, type drink. Some, do some. I think you need something. Back to, to the potatoes again. <laughs> <laughs> something to just blunt the edge of. The, uh, <laughs> something to make it seem a little bit more interesting. Look, I find it interesting, but I think vodka would help, probably. It would be more interesting. Perhaps. So, hold on. Like, you've, you've only brought a selection of your books here today. Yeah. Tell me about your Coke book you were telling me about. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a cookbook. Not like how to cook with no, no, no. Coke. Coca-Cola, the, <laughs> the, the soft drink. Yeah. World-renowned soft drink. It's a, it's a cookbook, but as part of the cookbook, it details... It tells the, the history of Coca-Cola. Yeah. It tells how it started as... Oh, I think I've got this right. It was like a pharmaceutical yeah, medicine. Yeah, yeah, it was like a, a recipe that... Um, a syrup that you could get at a, a tonic pharmacy. Even. Yeah, and then I think it just developed and then... Does it, does it talk about how you can use Coca-Cola and yeah. different, so, different ingredi- yeah. uh, ingredients for certain dishes? So every recipe in the book has Coca-Cola in it. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Don't know why I bought it. I think I was a bit of a sucker for the marketing there. Yeah. Um, You're like, it's Coke. You've got to enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy Coke. Enjoy the, Coke. The cover. The cover Thank is Enjoy. Our sponsors. Enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy. Um, yeah. It was an odd spontaneous So you're the cover one? Oh, the cover. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's It's got a bit of a tactile feel to it. So it's got like droplets as if it's a, it's a, it's a Coke bottle. Mm. And it's got like droplets, ice cold water droplets and you run your hand over it I feel a lot and they're of the... raised bumps and it's like I feel like I'm holding a coke yeah. at the moment but I feel you know, like you I need feel to thirsty be just reading I feel like you book. need to be stroking that book while you're you reading do. another book yeah. it was a bit odd in the book so I was just like <laughs> that is good alright what's it's... before we delve into our stuff what's your other non-fiction book that I bought here today yeah that you bought here today not yeah, that you only own a connect collection of three no you know. many more of these were the ones that I could manage to carry exactly hey um, if you had an ebook you could have brought them all I could have but nah. not as fun but, but then we nice. wouldn't have been able to flick through the pages and no. smell them oh precisely this book is 100 Great Wonders of the World a collection of the world's awe-inspiring places, buildings, and landscapes. This one was a gift, okay. but it was a good gift. Someone knew you very well. Yeah, I think... Uh, I'll, uh. I'll, I'll, I'll say it as, yeah, they knew me very well. Yeah, you so know. you got to say that in case they're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just details all these, um, you know, Mount Fuji, I've Great been there. Sahara... I haven't been Madagascar. there. Madagascar. I haven't been there. I've seen the movie. Statue of Liberty. I have been there. Yosemite National Park. I haven't been there. Great civilizations. I haven't been there. The Galapagos Islands. So a few of those out of the random selections were... Oh, Hoover Dam. Hoover Dam. That one is one of my favourites in this book. Look at that photo. So the photo, just describing it, it's a it's a shot from a helicopter, I imagine, looking down over the Hoover Dam. It's it's a giant dam in the US and recognisable by a big curved wall. And this thing, like, you see that, and I just think, how did they make that? And how is that able to support that volume of water behind it yeah i agree just makes you wonder just makes you think where's how the, cool where's the human dam located uh let me see i'll just quickly scan da, 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 da. yeah let's just cut this out eventually but um no, i was thinking we should have had some 
um, competition. Like I could have Googled it and you could have tried to read it and we could have seen. Well, look, the first there are advantages says, of the ebook. <laughs> it says from its headwaters in the Rocky Mountains, the mighty Colorado River flows southwest across the states of Colorado and Utah and through the Grand Canyon to form the border between Arizona and Nevada. Uh, so I have been past the Hoover Dam because I've been to the Grand Canyon and there was some kind of dam that I passed. It was in the Transformers movie. Also, was Wonderful. it in the National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation movie? Is that the dam they go to? I have no idea. Could have been. Has Could no be. one else seen that movie? Not for a long, long time. Holiday but yeah, no, this is totally up your alley. This is like yeah, because that one—it's a bit of a mixture of human and um, and natural wonders. So essentially, you like adult picture books. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any uh, yeah. pop-up books? <laughs> I do, I do. But again, that's not my forte. What kind of pop-up books do you have? Oh, pop-up books? Mm. Did you say? Sorry, I thought you said popular books. Um, <laughs> have you got any popular <laughs> books? What is the shit that no one likes? <laughs> Sorry, that took a turn for the worst. Those top hundred um, books, fucking nothing. Fuck them. <laughs> if it's on the bestseller list, I don't want to hear about it. Look, I don't have a pop-up book. I don't think. I might have a long time ago, but I have plenty of popular I don't know books. Why I I find it popular. It's popular to me, isn't that what counts? I like it. I've been to a whole heap of these places. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, because it just. You know, the pointy regard. It goes into the history and detail of it. I mean, this yeah. is this isn't a book review, but this is an example of kind of the types of books and that you're into. Yeah, absolutely. So you are the guy that when you go to the zoo or the museum, you're always the guy that takes twice as long as he's reading all the signs. Uh, yeah, yeah, to a, to an I extent. Feel to... like you're going to be in high demand in a tr- pub trivia situation. As uh, well. Look, you'd think into so. Into sports, you'd think general so. General knowledge. Yeah, you'd think so, but. Sometimes I crack under the pressure. Mm, the on demand. I do, I do. I can get a good, random, very obscure question, um, but it has to be. It's a pretty limited topic range. That like maybe if you just read that book and it was still fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got. I've got a book on the Sydney Olympics. Yeah. Uh, didn't bring it tonight, but no. uh, coincidentally, at a trivia night recently, the question was who won the men's one hundred meter sprint. And do you know what came to mind when, as, as I was there searching for the answer? What? The page in the book that I have that have the fo- that has the photo of the bloke who won it, and I got it. Oh, awesome! And that's not a how great am I, but it's it's and a how valuable a no, non-fiction. No. And let's just test your memory. And who was this gentleman? It was Maurice Green from oh. the United States of America? Very nice. Kathy Green. Okay, I did um, say men's one hundred meters. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Heard Olympics and running. Fair enough. Um, but <coughs> um. You would be good on a trivia team with the two of us because we got music and you got everything else. Um, that's a very uh, generous compliment to pay, but <laughs> I, I'd say that I have some things, but definitely not everything else. You have something. You know what's odd as well? We're all I, about odd. I kind so. of, oh, yeah. as, as much as I've been touting nonfiction as being the saviour of the human race's intellect tonight, I think there's a part of me that would like to write a fiction book. About what? Don't know. A man who collects the idea. I just haven't come across the idea yet. But, but, you know, isn't that odd? Yeah. For someone that just likes, has a has a has a favor, you know, favors nonfiction. That one day maybe I might write a fiction book. Well, you take in all the nonfiction and you will funnel it out to a fiction. 
Yeah. I'm researching. Makes I'm no perpetually... sense. It makes sense. <laughs> I'm perpetually researching. That's what I'm doing. Every artistic endeavor is a funneling of one's life experiences. And if one's life experiences are very much made up of non-fiction books, they would contribute. As some sort of osmosis. I'll osmosis you. <laughs> Don't even know what that means. Alright, so point yeah. I would okay. I would never really describe us as your kind of like non-fiction book kind of people. I'm more of like a like doing the things, listening to music and yeah. kind of bumbling about kind of guy and you like more like musical books, different kinds of things in that vein. Yeah, so I I do read a lot of non-fiction but it's more focused around um yeah, music, um comedy. Yeah. Um, or movies like we talked about earlier um, so I guess a l- nice little segue on the wonders of the world is the uh, Carl Pilkington book that I have there which well I was is... just going to say that I, I seem to have ended up with your pile of books and you with yeah. mine so I'm just going to pull one out and yeah okay let's go with Carl Pilkington and th- look this is going to highlight how bad I'd be at a trivia night who is Carl Pilkington oh oh man well. if you okay hold on if you love like learning about shit and the wonders of the world yeah that stuff filtered through this man's brain. Oh, uh, Aaron. Okay, so Carl Pilkington sort of came to fame from a podcast that he did with Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. He's got a head like an orange. And basically he just was working... Um, I, th- I think, was he... He was working at a radio station? Where yeah, he was, their, was... he was their producer on the Ricky Gervais show. And... Ricky and Steven thought that he was that hilarious that they needed to like get him as part of the show. He has a and very he's got a unique very life unique view. viewpoints on lots of subjects. How so? It's very He's got a head like a fucking orange. It's, <laughs> it's sort of like childlike. Yeah. Either childlike amazement or bemusement on something. It's just like right. I don't get why that's why people are into that. Yeah, okay. Um, it's something so if he if he was here, would he be asking me why? He'd be going through this list saying that's rubbish. <laughs> that's rubbish. Fucking <laughs> wonders they, in the they, world. They I got wonders you, in my bathroom. They take a photo of that dam to make it look majestic, but I was there and it was falling apart. I'm surprised that people haven't died. It's all dirty water. Okay. Why would you want to dam that? So, so he sounds like a delightful dinner guest. Yeah, hilarious. So he's actually got a. Um, if you want to sort of dip your toes in, there's a TV series, um, An Idiot Abroad. Oh, it's just... It's basically... It's Ricky based Gervais on sends the, him around the world to see what he The thinks. wonders of the world, and, like, they send him there to go check it out. And then, yeah, it's, cool. it's top quality. So this okay. is... He's got a couple of books out, but I think this is the most recent one. Yep. Yeah. Um, what do you learn from it? I don't know. Is this you, really about learning? I don't know that you're really meant to, like... It's sort of it's non-fiction in the sense that it's not a fictional story, but it's more for entertainment. Okay. Purpose. It's like it's like so, reading a diary yeah. of an idiot savant <laughs> traveling the world. Okay. okay. So it's yeah, it's not. I guess it's non-fiction, but not in the sense of an educational piece. Yes. Okay, hold on. Let me just frame this picture <coughs> with, like, he's exploring different cultures' idea of death, and there's a man in this particular country that makes coffins based on that person's sort of how they live their life so if someone's a mechanic they'd make a coffin in the shape of a car and that's how you'd be buried so for the show they sort of like you know offered you know what kind of what's your life's passion what would you you know want to be buried in yeah and so he decided he wanted to be buried with his wife Suzanne and 
you know, he loves chocolate bars. So what kind of chocolate bar would facilitate? Like, there's two in a Twix. So he, he goes for a walk every day to the shop to get his Twix. That's the coffin he had designed for oh, him and his wife. Is that for it's, ser- like for serious? That's a real coffin. It's a Twix. So you take the lid off the Twix, and it's a double coffin. Just like you. That is as extremely a, odd. You and your wife are the chocolate bar. Look, you're kind of relying on the fact that you're both going to die at the same time, aren't you? Well, you'd have to, right? So is his wife aware of this? Uh, well, she she is now. Okay. <laughs> it's printed. But yeah. see, this is the kind of man we're dealing with here. This is the kind of head like an orange view on life. And so, yeah, it's not really about learning, is it? No. I mean, you may pick up on yeah, things yeah. incidentally, but that, that's probably not the point of the book. No. Um, right, would you like to pick I one feel from like I'm pile? picking stuff from your pile. Yeah, you are now. And we'll keep doing that, shall we? I feel, I, like, just... I feel like we're doing book reports now. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just put my nose, Sure. How dare you? There's tissues in the bathroom. You can use one. If you use two, I'll be judging you. I do use a handful at a time. More than a handful is a waste. Any less than a handful, you're like, what am I sneezing into my hand? He thinks that's a serial killer. See mine. It just depended on what I ran out of. And he was all like, oh no, I'm going to do running colours. I I just think it's kind of hilarious. Not in a bad way, just... Judging how I live my life. The worldly Shut wisdom up, of Carl Okay, next book. Okay, so next book in um, Splitting Cases, the book report edition. Um, <laughs> we have... A th- Non-fiction book report. I'm sorry. A Thousand and One Songs You Must Hear Before You Ooh. Die. So before you slide yourself into that Twix... Yeah. These are the songs you must wow. hear. And this is uh, Moose's book. Yeah, it's my book. Spotify has been really good for that. You know, like, oh, I haven't heard this song. I can hear it in full and on my Spotify account right now. Wow. And looking at it, you have got a lot of coloured sticky notes sticking out the top. Yeah, I've just taken a photo of it so we can chuck it on the Facebook yeah. when this episode goes Why live. Why is this so but weird to Moose you? does look like a serial killer, the way this, this book is Yeah, it's kind of... Look, it's a kaleidoscope of... Facts. So, what, what are you on there? What page are you on there? That's that's a page with three different coloured tabs. Yeah. What, okay. what songs? You don't even have Louis Louis. Because I've heard that one. Oh, right. But now, like, I realise looking at it, of course I've heard On Broadway by The Drifters, so I can take that off. It's off. See, I'm, I'm removing a sticker right now. I'm becoming less of a serial killer by the day. And now it's on you. Wow. It's all on you. It's this on is your moments. Okay. We're See? really working through some stuff here. <laughs> yeah, we're working through some emotional moments. Let's turn to another So, so here do, do you mark the songs you need to hear? Yeah, the ones I haven't heard. Okay. And why only at the top? I bought that record at the fair the other day. Really? Yeah. Psychotic Reaction by The Count Five? Yeah. It's like a very early... Garage rock um, record. Well, next time I come to your place to visit your newborn child, you can play me this psychotic reaction. And yeah, we well, can... it's the opening track on the record, so okay, you right. won't need to, to listen too much. However, it's right now next to Reach Out and I'll Be There by the Four Tops. I know that song. Oh, and also The Seeds, who I think probably were also on the Nuggets uh, compilation. Maybe? So I so, may have heard it. So are you, are you literally taking the word of this book's author? Uh, what did I say? So are you literally taking the word of this the author of this book, that these are great songs that you need to listen to? No, I just figure, you know, if I've got a book called A Thousand and One Songs 
you must listen to before you die. It's like someone, you know, going, oh my God, you got to try this restaurant. It's awesome. You don't immediately know it's awesome and believe it's awesome, but you give it a try because okay. you, you know. Have you been disappointed yet? Um, by any of the songs you've no, been No, because I'm not, to... I'm not like, it's not 1001 songs that are really great. It's just yeah. that you need to hear. And okay. if I'll hear them and I'll make up my own mind. I think it's more of like a... It's more of an education, I think. Like yeah. these yeah. are some of the songs that are being recognised as great. Whether you like them or not is kind of yeah. It's a whole different thing. The point. Yeah. Are there any that you've listened to more than once? Oh, probably a whole bunch. I don't know. Yeah. I'm Girls sure there's a lot in there that you already know anyway. Yeah, that's true. Like I'm surprised there's so many stickers. To be honest, do I know "Lost in Music" by Sister Sledge? Probably not. And that's what it's one. It's what I'm saying. It's got a sticker. Do I know "Germ-Free Adolescence" by X-Ray Specs? Probably not. See, there you go. It's got a sticker. But this is—it's it, in chronological order, isn't it? Oh, chronological. Yes, it is. So it's probably what in the '80s at the moment. Yeah, it's about the '80s. It's Approaching the, the '80s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that, I haven't done the same thing with the 1001 movies you must see before you die, which is the next book. It's kind of the, the same thing. It's the movies thing. I probably, you know, I could probably sticker a lot of them, but well, I just I don't haven't. know. Listening to 1001 songs is uh, not going to take anywhere near as much time as watching yeah. 1001 movies. Yeah. Did you buy this book yourself or was it, were you give it to it? Uh, I think it was a gift. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Teenage Kicks. You've heard Teenage Kicks because we, we watched UMI play it. Yeah. Well, no, I, I know Teenage Kicks. I've always known Teenage Kicks. So I don't know why that has a thing on it. See, Look. even my own memory <laughs> is flawed. Another sticky note There's is a sticker off. on 20. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you put stickers on songs you've Did I get confused halfway through the book and Probably. put stickers? Uh-oh. I don't know. Because in the movies book, it was the movies that I... I know this seen. song! Well, that's consistent with um, the feedback you just received. Oh, I dropped my sticker. <laughs> Anyway, moving on, because I can't spend too much time on this book, because I'm realising how Cause it's a much thousand I got confused. It's 1001, as opposed to 100 Great Wonders of the World. <laughs> Pointy has Mark Moran, and what the fuck? Okay, yeah, so, uh, you aware of Mark no, Moran? Okay. What, he I just feel, talked to <clears throat> I feel like I'm doing an education on podcasts yeah, now, since are. we already talked about Carl Pilkington, and now we're talking about Mark Moran. Yeah. He just talked to the president. Famously just did an interview with Obama. This way? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that means oh, wait, we could wait, do an wait, interview. Wait. Did I see a photo of this? You he saw was, a photo of this. He Probably. was there, open neck shirt, very <clears throat> yep. casual, in yep. a very grungy yep. kind yep. of looking radio studio. Is yep. uh, in his garage. There's the leader of the free world sitting opposite me. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, Mark does the podcast in his garage. And right. so people come over and vi- visit him, and they record there. And he was probably one of the first guys to sort of <clears> make <throat> it. You know, for the podcast to be reasonably popular and become sort of, I guess, mainstream. What's it about? What does he talk about? Uh, he just has a different guest on each week and just interviews them. So it could be someone... Uh, I guess initially it was more comedians because he's a comedian, but yeah. then it sort of extended to other people in yeah. like arts, entertainment, industry. So, And now the president. So. Yeah, right. So it seems like podcasting is a thing now. Yeah. Um, See, so like, there seems to be... like. Though these are all non-fiction books, kind of more of a theme running with ours in terms of, like, pop culture. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, given the rest of the books that are sitting there. So this one here you've got, Grant. Very true. This is one of pointies that I've looked through a lot. It is um, A Big Day Out, Pictorial. Oh, yeah? Yes. Why'd you get this? 
Uh, so you can remember what happened. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I always just like looking through it because I've been to a lot of these gigs and I don't know. It's it's like your like your um, thing about stadiums. Yeah. Like I love looking at pictures of music festivals because there's just something about the gathering of all those people at once jumping up and down and moving and it's, it's kind of cool yep, yep. and the fact that you've been to a lot of these yeah who am I you've been to a lot of these and you've like know the posters and you've like know the bands it's it's good so this is your type of history book yeah yeah yeah. Uh, this isn't even my book to be uh, completely honest <laughs> whose book is it it's Mrs. Pointy's Mrs. Pointy <laughs> women don't read books I mean I did um <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, complete, I do not stand by that statement I just I was being Editorial. contrary I was being contrary <laughs> Sorry um, I love Mrs. Pointing so That's how, how often statement. would you read this book? Oh, Not often I That's, probably flick through it's it It's one of those things that yeah, uh, you, I would have looked at And gone through it When um, I first acquired it as you do yeah and you know maybe occasionally since if I wanted to look something up like or who played at the yeah 1996 it's a really interesting thing though like knowing you'd gone to a festival in 2003 which I, I went to this festival and then going oh wait I forgot that that person had played on there and yeah I saw Craftwork at that festival like I, I someone said have you seen Craftwork live I'm like no but I saw them at 2003 Big Day Out am I right in saying Big Day Out's pretty much dead in the water uh, it's not the I beast at don't know. Once. Yeah, and I don't know that if it does come back, it'll be the same so format. It wasn't held this year, is that right? No. Well, no. It was held this year, wasn't, no, it, wasn't it? it? Oh, no, it was last year. Last yeah. year, and this, this year it last was Last year off. was the last one. So is this, in a way, even more special to you, this book? Because... Um, I don't know if it's... it's, it's I don't know if it's more... Of good yeah, I don't know if it's more or less, really. Yeah. Like, Big Day Out is this book is probably special for me because it was the only festival we had in New Zealand. I grew up a lot in New Zealand. Did you? Yeah, I spent most of my teenage years. Whereabouts? Uh, Whangarei, like two hours north of Auckland. Right. Um, just before the Bay of Islands. Yeah, yeah. And Auckland Big Day Out was the only music festival we had, and so 2001 Big Day Out was my first sort of music festival, and I went to every year post there. So that, like, there wasn't anything else. Yeah, you know, right. To go to, yeah. especially being underage. <laughs> So yeah, like, this oh, is definitely like. mostly pictures, though. I like pictures. Yeah. I can read pictures. Okay, do I need to grab one of your books? Yeah, you just don't grab like whatever's on the top. Just go through it. Just pick something out of there. Okay, well, I'll pick this one because it's probably um, a slight difference. Let's move away from pop culture just momentarily. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so this book of Moose's is The Imposter Syndrome, Becoming Oops. an Authentic Leader. Ooh. So, do self-help books count as non-fiction books? Yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. Do you have any self-help books in your collection? No, I don't. I'm too scared to read them. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, I don't really want to know what's wrong with I me, just... how damaged I am, or how damaged yeah, other people that, are. Yeah, it's but it's all for me, I'm just kind of like, I'd rather read a book on stadiums. <laughs> well, that's true, and to put it, put it out there, I haven't read that book. Yeah. Uh, I didn't actually buy it. I live, I live... I work in an industry where there's a lot of review books pop up and I brought the imposter syndrome home one day thinking, <laughs> I have imposter syndrome, but I never read it. <laughs> I just think it has an interesting cover and okay. I think self-help books are really interesting concepts in themselves. 
And if you also... privately fear you are not properly qualified for your job, don't worry. Yes. You are not alone, and help is at hand. My life. This book explains the common phenomenon and shows how you can overcome it to become a better leader. And there's also this other book you have here, which is Living in Sin, yep. A Bishop Rethinks Human Sexuality by John Shelby Spong. That was... <laughs> what? <laughs> Spong. That um, was... Uh, I haven't even read that. That's nothing cutesy. You've not read these last two books. Yeah, because one I got from work, and one is nothing cutesy. It's nothing cutesy has read it. She needs to get over here. Okay, Moose. Sound of music. Once again, nothing cutesies, but I have read I, that. You're cheating. Not you cheating. Pick these non-fiction books that either aren't yours or you haven't even read. Why I haven't you read che- Caroline Maria's book? Seriously. I have read The Sound of Music book. How Thank do you, you solve a much. problem like this? <sighs> what? Me not having read the book or Maria? Both. I have They're read both the book. Very and I don't feel like issues. Maria is really a problem to be solved. She's a free spirit. She's God a, bit of a rascal. But that was like, that is essentially the bit same of a as. Rascal. I'm still flicking through the Big Dear Heart book. Okay. That's essentially the same as your Harry Potter book, you know? Just like, it's cool to see behind the series okay. shit. I'll have a look. It's cool to see, like, kind of see the story of the Von Trapp oh, family. The family scrapbook. Yeah, book. exactly. It's interesting. They were real life dogs, not just movie dogs. <laughs> look at them. Yeah, they're curtains. Curtain outfit. outfits, honestly, olden days. See, it's history, pop culture, history. Christopher Plummer, did you know that he um, was a real ra- plumber? No, but he's the, he's the narrator in the, the TV show Madeline. Really? In an old house like, in Paris. The cartoon TV show Madeline. Yes, yeah, that one. So here's a weird thing, right? Before your time, uh, I do work with Rob. Before your time, Robber Bob, you mean? Robber Bob. Um, at our office there was uh, an exchange student named Aurora who did a podcast with us on French music because she was French there you go um, and she had never heard of you know Madeline are you serious? because we found out it's like Madeline is you know, she about is... the French orphan kind of thing but Isn't it was like written French by like an English or American author yeah okay and so it wasn't a big thing in France wow that's just yeah, it broke my heart because I'm like it I know that my heart <laughs> I know that French thing and she's like what? I can't believe it. I went to Paris um, a couple of years ago, and yeah. it's all I could think of. Yeah, <laughs> Madeline. Not because I'm, you know, just the TV you show. Up as Madeline, and you went to I was a Pepito. Come on, yeah, there you <laughs> come go. on. Okay. But uh, yeah, Look, no, I just love Madeline. And I just, I just kept, so, I just kept going around as I was there under the Eiffel Tower, going in an old house in Paris exactly. that was covered with vines, and I was just told multiple times, stop, just stop, and so, that that has shattered my world to know that French people don't necessarily know or appreciate Madeline. No, that's side true. Note. That was a massive side note. Sound of Music book. Yeah. Um, I have read that. And once again, it's a filmic go. book. It's interesting for yeah. behind the scenes kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick up one of Pointy's books and hand it to him. It's the Mozopedia. I find this book endlessly fascinating. Why? Okay. Because so, I don't... I, okay, putting it forward, I haven't read it as a whole book. I've just flicked to pages in the Mozopedia to look up particular But things. I feel like this is not a book that you need to read cover to cover in one sitting. It's a book where you can go, I need to know something about Morrissey. I'll turn... What do I want to know about? Well, I want to know about the song Never Had No One Ever. So I'll flick to page 281 and then I'll flick... Two whole pages. So it's a music of... book about songs? Is that, um, is that what it's it is? A, it's not Morrissey. just about songs. You know it's Morrissey, about right? Morrissey, who no, was I'm, the... I'm really, really uneducated. Okay, well, Morrissey was the, the singer <laughs> Don't from... Don't look at me that way. ...from The Smiths, right. who were, like, 80s um, 
indie alternative rock okay. bands. They were only together for about four or five years, broke up. Right. Um, Morrissey. Incredibly influential for sad yeah. white guys. And okay. Morrissey's since gone on to um, a fairly successful solo career. It's had some, you know, peaks and troughs, but yeah. fairly consistent output over the last 30 odd years. More consistent than a lot of people his age. And this book basically sums it all up so if it's, you need to know about a song an album yeah. um, or just his Latino fans which is on page 218 okay. Morrissey has can, a lot of Latino find fans out about it. there you go um, so yeah it's probably more akin to some of the books that you were talking about earlier where it's like you don't read him no. one hit yeah. if you just want to find out about something you can just go to it as a reference I yeah. think that's the thing with good non-fiction books it's like not like you need to read them as a whole thing mm. you read them in bits and pops and I think again we've proven why we'd why we'd make a good trivia team. I mean, yes. you know, look, pick exactly. each other up. You know. Also, if you needed to know about the Salford Lads Club, you would know that the Smiths adopted spir- spiritual mecca after its exterior was used as the location for the group photograph on the inner gatefold sleeve of 1986. The Queen is dead. Well, look, I can sleep easy tonight now yes. knowing that. You now know. See, this is the good thing. You've, you like you. I, I thought no, I don't so really you learn read stuff. nonfiction books, but yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you the do. one here that really troubles me. The book is Kurt Cobain's journal. I know who or journal, Kurt is. Sorry. I know who oh, Kurt okay, is. I was about to just good. check. I mean, good. you know who Morrissey good. was, so I thought <laughs> you may not know who Kurt is. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Justified. But yeah, this this kind of troubles me a little bit. Why does it trouble you? I don't think I know why. Well, is it the right thing to be doing to be looking at someone's journal? Yeah, like of course. for a start, yeah. especially someone who died under like murky circumstances at best. All right, I'm I'm in between the two of you here because you say yes, it's fine. Fair game. You say no, it's not. I right. Just, I just feel here. like I'm okay reading things that were. You know, someone's written for someone else to read. This was written for the sole purpose of himself, and for does someone. Does it matter though? Does it matter that? Well, I think it dead? does matter because someone goes, you know, what I'm going to make a buck off this guy. Okay. Who's... Yeah. And so, like, I just don't think it's ethical. But how'd they get the diaries to start with? Oh, I'm sure it was probably Courtney Love that endorsed it. I, so. would, I would, I would think so, it's his wife. And you know, and given that's his possessions, that yeah. potentially she was a contributing factor in his death, to yeah. then be like profiteering off it doesn't quite sit that well with me so here's here's where i sit between the both of you i got it when i was 14 i wasn't really thinking about ethics of it all i was just wanting to i guess more understand someone that i listened to a lot as i've sort of grown up though and understood more about people and humanity and that kind of thing i think ethically i agree with you it's probably not the right thing to print and support but as a 14 year old thinking about it in a completely different light I was like yeah I really want to read more about what the hell was going on in this guy's head yeah but okay I think though he as a musician you're putting yourself out there and as a celebrity as big as he was oh but does that does that mean no 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 but but, but what he puts into his songs that has to come from somewhere yeah you're choosing to release that to the public though I think that's the deciding thing for me is like if I'm you know in the public light I still choose to take part in that for me it's picking and choosing when you want your fans to love you I don't know like I kind of think that's like saying that like you know if celebrities upload nude photos of themselves for private use and then it gets hacked, 
it's their fault for having them in the first place because they're in the public eye. They should have known better. And I don't know if I agree with that. Like, just because you're in the public eye doesn't mean you're not entitled to... I think the analogy there would be the, the hacking of them happened after they died. Yeah, but it's just whether they're dead or alive is sort of the same thing. If they didn't, oh, I wasn't making it. a judgment call on the time past present. Yeah. I was just giving it some context. No, by look, adding I, that. I just I, I don't know if it matters that much because I think he, the people that would buy that this book, I imagine, would be the people that bought his music and are true fans and want to know more about him, want to know more. And I think part of that is you're putting yourself out there as a performer, as a musician. Isn't this just another mm. aspect of it? And if his wife did it, then, you know... Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, I if know. they were stolen, perhaps I, I would have, probably have a different view. But the reality is, once he passes, I imagine his possessions became his wife's. Well, I don't, I, think it's, I don't think it's a question of legality. I think it's just more... I say... Ethically versus yeah, legality. Like, I don't think she's done anything illegal. Uh, but I, don't, I just I don't, don't know that it sits well and that it's... So how do we know she made a profit out of it? Oh, well, she would have made a profit out. She would have How? had to, right? If she, well, she would have... Someone would have had to license his diaries out, right? Like, she wouldn't have just given them And to she would have been, company. like, the executor of the estate and stuff. So, yeah. like, she yeah, would have definitely... Been then I think it's her prerogative. But what is her prerogative ethical, then? Well... I'm just saying, like, I'm like, not, no, not, no, a, Kurt, no, I, like, I'm not a Kurt Cobain fan, necessarily. No, no. But, I mean, I get, I get but your But I understand why they... Why they would think that that would be something that people to publish because and I, that's think, why I, I think all throughout his I, career I don't, I don't disagree that people would want to read it yeah like but i, I, like just, I get I just that there's a, a demand little, for it i think it. it's a little bit of picking and choosing what, what you're putting out there like i think you during the music career yeah you you're putting yourself out there i think it, yeah i think almost you sign up for it yeah but i don't know stuff like that and even like um you know when it's like the 50th anniversary or 40th anniversary of a record and they go dig out some like old crappy demo recording of something and then they release that and the artist is no longer here to authorise it. It's kind of like, this was never meant to be heard. I, Compa- still, compared sit, to the, I still sit compared right to the between the two of you. Uh, I, I still sit right between the two of you in that I have been... Stop someone. sitting on the fans. We want an <laughs> argument, <laughs> goddammit. I, I have been someone... <laughs> Who is very much wrapped up in that mythology and wanting to know more about that? Don't, don't, I don't think okay. it's, and it's You're not... misunderstanding my point. My point is not that people shouldn't be allowed to want to know more or necessarily have access to things. It's you can't profit or you shouldn't be profiting off stuff that was never meant for public okay. for okay. consumption or is not finished and should okay. not. And you shouldn't be making a buck of it. If you want to say, hey, here's these demo recordings. They're available online for free. If you want to go listen to them, go listen to them. I see your I point. Don't, I don't think it's fair to say, we're now going to like piece this stuff together, make out that this is an album, and sell it to people as a finished product when it's not a finished product. I see, I see your point. And I'm a fan. Like, yeah. I'm sure if I read it, some of it I would enjoy. So would you read it? You no, would... I have deliberately not you, read you it. Yeah. Read it. But that's the thing. I guarantee you, if you read it, you would find it interesting because 14-year-old me went, holy shit, really? Wow, okay. Yeah, but I'm sure the stuff that I would find interesting, I could find out anyway. Very true. So, so yeah, even so... though you're a fan of Kurt Cobain, your moral compulsion is telling you not to yeah, for read sure. it at all. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Can I ask a question? Um, being someone who's sitting on the fence here, how do you feel about Jeff Buckley's sketches for My Sweetheart the Drunk? Yeah, I... I do like that album and when I bought it I didn't even realise that it wasn't a finished product <laughs> because it wasn't promoted that way That's essentially right. like it, it, it was, was well known but it wasn't promoted as posthumous yeah 
and um, for your benefit, Jeff Buckley. Um, hallelujah, 90s. that's all I know him for. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that Hallelujah was on um, Jeff Buckley's first album, Grace, yep. which was the only album Jeff Buckley released whilst he was alive. Okay. Uh, when he died, he was recording his second album. Um, it was called uh, Sketches. It was going to be My Sweetheart the Drunk. My Sweetheart the Drunk. That's why Sketches for My but Sweetheart. But then it was eventually released as Sketches for My Sweetheart the Drunk. Um, and it was essentially a compilation of recordings he made leading up to that album. Yeah. Which he never got to finish. Okay. Um, so the question is, how do I feel about and that album? And I didn't know that that's what it was at the time I bought it. And I do think that... Um, Would you go back and listen to it now that you know? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Because I'd already bought I it. I enjoy so that The album. damage is done, so yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I already read it. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but in that sense, I do think that Jeff Buckley probably wouldn't have been happy with what happened because he was fairly meticulous. Oh, he was very um, meticulous. In, and that was the reason why it had taken so long to come out in the first place was yeah. that he wasn't happy with it. But, th- I mean, that's the thing. But I think that case was more a labour of love for his family yeah. in getting it out there. Yeah. I think it was probably more... You know, of a celebration rather than like someone's journals. So you're very much, you know, by intent behind it, whether it be celebration or whether it be cathartic or whether it be for profiteering. Yeah, I just, I just think there's some things that just because you're in the public eye doesn't mean that you shouldn't be entitled to some degree of privacy, um, even if it is after death. Because I hope you don't like think bad of me for having it now. Oh, and I judge you now. But, but I still, like, I, okay, I'm gonna I, think you like beat your wife now. I'm going to tell her but, that. But how do we know, back to Kurt Cobain's example, that he wouldn't want people to read those diaries? Well, I guess we Why don't Why would know. he write them otherwise? Well, I don't know. I think most people write a diary, uh, like if they do write a diary for their own use. But, but is it their naivety that they don't think that when they die that people will read them? Are they expecting people not to read them? That as soon as they uh, die, I you guess, can't pick that book up and I open guess you that? don't expect it to be published. I, I, I just I understand it's... the motivation for people to want to read. Yeah. Um, in that particular example, it just doesn't sit well with me. Mm. And I mean, in the, you know, we sort of touched on, you know, demo recordings and whatnot being released. Um, I think there's a way to do that, which I am comfortable with in a way that I'm not like, like what Dylan's been doing for the last 20 years with his, um, archival material is great because going through the archives going, yep. Okay. This is stuff that's of good quality. It's recorded. Well, it can be released. It's not having some dodgy recording, slapping it into a but record. But isn't that them then speaking releasing. to the whole manufactured image of who they are? Well, I guess they're I. curating. I. They're, yeah, well, they're curating only, what can only yeah. hear what is yeah, but polished and perfect. Shouldn't that be your choice though, as the artist? Like to say, well, you know, that's the whole point of being an artist, right? Like I'm going to create something that I want people to to see or hear, not I want people to see like a half sketched you know like and i want i don't want see people to see my idea i want them to see yeah. what i made of that idea which yeah. is the finished product i don't not agree with you Oz. yeah well no like don't i'm happy to like for the discussion it's yeah. fine fight yeah. fight fight <laughs> no 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 it's it's interesting it's they're interesting topics though because it totally brings out the whole moral compass versus um capitalistic kind of Side, Man, know. it yeah. just goes straight back to the idea of non-fiction books tonight. Like, it's, it's learning something or delving into a topic you wouldn't normally, like seeing something or finding yeah. out something, whether it be ethical or not. Well, in that case, lastly... Yeah, you pick one more book, I'll pick one more book. Well, I think we should save this one for <laughs> last, I think it sums up the episode. Alright, I'm... Um, 
flicking through Pointy's Nick Cave book. Yeah, well, I only got this um, about two months ago. It's pretty my, cool. For my birthday, so I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I um, quickly chucked it in because it was on top of the pile, and you said bring coffee table-style books. And I was like, that looks like a coffee top. It bothers coffee me. Coffee style. It just it, Nick Cave in the late 80s, early 90s is intimidatingly cool. Just incredibly cool. I think that's about all we need to say. Yeah. About Nick Cave. Okay. Yeah. What's your book? Um, I just, <laughs> I just thought we could end on talking smack because I figured that we've <laughs> talked a lot of smack this episode. Oh, yes. So I thought that was quite appropriate. Um, so I've actually read this book too, but yeah, um, I'll let you talk about it because you um interviewed the guy that wrote it, didn't you? Yeah, it was super interesting, and it's just like it's it's. Who wrote it? Uh, his name is Andrew McMillan. And he's a music journalist and he wanted to delve into people's, you know, musicians' experiences with drugs, be that none, a lot, or, you know, it, it takes every, every side. Yeah, recreational. You know, addiction, you know, passing it up or just recreational. And it, it's really interesting in that it focuses, like, on... Australian artists and it's like it's it's not really the mythology you normally hear was it's, it surprising for you well yes and no like Phil Jamison from Grinspoon had a very publicized you know publicized drug battle but you know being an Australian artist and being an Australian rock artist you know there just isn't the same amount of publicity and scandal about him being in rehab despite like an article and his feelings about it in here but it's it's really interesting to see how that plays out in an Australian media landscape yeah. and career. It's really... What, what musician surprised you most, their story? Um, it's been a while since I've read it. Pointy? Uh, well, it's got the summary of who's in it on the front. Yeah. So, um, just trying to look through the name and see which struck. John Toogood on Pingers does not, did not surprise me. No. Um, the Steve Kilby stuff Seemed to, to do a lot of heroin and still... Yeah. I knew Steve like Kilby I... from the church was into drugs, but, like, that was pretty confessional. Yeah, but the way... I don't know, it's one of those things where you read it and you go, oh, yeah, it doesn't sound so bad. Still function pretty well. Okay. <laughs> At the same time, But then you're though. like, oh, but that doesn't... Oh, no, it's still not good. So is this but... an advertisement for drug use? No, not really. It's, it's more just meant to be... Um, Honest, uh, it says I guess right it's here just, under the title honest yeah, conversation. I guess it's just people drugs. just saying what it was like for them. And for some people, I guess depending on what lifestyle you have anyway, maybe day to day it doesn't maybe impact what you're doing. <laughs> Probably for all of us, it, it would impact our day to day lives. And most but of it's not it, it's it's not it's not a real, positive none of it's, story. None yeah, of it's I wouldn't promoting. say many of the chapters, if any, were like endorsement for doing drugs and there are a few chapters that are about abstinence and how hard it is to avoid drugs within the industry which is a completely new perspective in the mythology it's but I I thought it was fairly balanced it was kind of like there were some people that said oh yeah yes I do take drugs recreationally now and then Um, you know hasn't really caused any issues for my life but I can certainly see the damage it causes when people do get addicted yeah Yeah. other passages were yeah they're this really fucked up my life royally yeah. which I never started yeah so I don't know it was an interesting read and there was that there's there was the interesting like point of view on like hearing about someone completely addicted to heroin and how it did mess with them a lot and then people going well yeah 
I experience heroin and I took heroin, but I feel I was never addicted to it. And I feel it's only shown in a negative light. Like I think Paul Kelly had issues with his biography. It was like a very, very small portion of the biography was him, him experimenting and taking heroin, yeah. but it was so beat up in the media about that was what everyone wanted to talk about. So it's, it's really interesting. What perspective wise. What attracted you to reading it? Um, I don't know. I, I think it just turned up as a press release at work and I went like but that's the thing hundreds of them do yeah. and I just went oh I like all of those artists and I haven't really you know apart from the one or two considered that you know they have relationships with drugs be they good or bad that like I find that really interesting because once again it's an Australian media thing and it's Australian music thing in that it's just not as sensationalized as European or American bands doing drugs yeah okay well, basically, same reason. Yeah. Um, he had the <laughs> had, it at, had it at work, mentioned it to me, and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I'll give it a read. Is it, like, is it morbid fascination, though? But Again, it's consent yeah, was, in this book. Yeah, but I guess the difference is people are choosing to, to tell their stories. To tell, tell the story. But and it's them why do we care? Why do we care about their stories? With well, drugs. The same reason we care about humans of New York. I think. No, I think yeah, it's I a think it's different, different reason. Yeah. Because you care about their stories because you care about their art. You connect with their art. That's why you care about their stories because you want you want to understand more about their mm. lives. Yeah, well, that's certainly true. But I still think it's the same thing, which is you're trying to look into someone else's life. Yeah, and I still think on some level that talking smacks the same as humans of New York. That, oh, but that you're still looking into, into pers- someone else's. Yeah, but that's life. going into very very personal details. Oh, for sure. But like it's a different. A a, it's a more different of a delving. level. Yeah, yeah. but I still think like it's the same. Like same principle concept. sitting behind it, the same driver. Yeah. So, do you think factor. it's yeah? It's our fascination with humans. Do you think that it's in a sense a way to validate ourselves? Oh, I guess there certainly has to be that aspect. It's a reflection of, it, right? of yourself and your experiences where you fit into life. Yeah. Like I look at that Nick Cave book and go, "I'll never be that cool." <laughs> like I just wish I was that moody. No, I'm not moody. I don't think I'd want to be Nick Cave in terms of his... I mean, I'm sure you could get some eyeliner. <laughs> I've worn could. eyeliner before. <laughs> not recreationally, more like in a dressing up kind of thing. Okay. It's just around the house. Okay. I remember I did go to a fancy dress party at your parents' place. As you did. Mickey Pop yeah, you once. did. Yeah. That was great. God. You're learning a lot about Pointy's life. I think that's yeah. a good place to wrap this up. <laughs> We're like full and talked out and we have like a pile of books all over the table. This is a, yeah. like... A, I can't move. I feel like books. we need to write our own book that's like... Our own non-fiction about book. the books we've just binged on and talked <laughs> shit about. Fascinating. Who said books weren't an audio medium? And who said non-fiction books weren't cool? Come on. Fuck them. And also, if you do want to enjoy this podcast, we recommend a drink pairing... Um, what, <laughs> drink, what drink pairing would you pair with this podcast? Red wine for humans of New York. <laughs> we've been through that. This, Beer for we the pairing, stadium book. If we were pairing drink per book within this podcast, by the time you finish this podcast, you would have had a fair few different yeah. drinks. I don't recommend mixing your drinks. No. Okay. Well, um, where would you find this podcast? Uh, splittingcases.com. Where would you find Rob? Rob or Bob? Bob where would you find Rob or Bob on an average night? Probably at home these days. It's winter. It's cold. Got cold to hibernate. Non-fiction book. Precisely. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Cheers. Sleep.